pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. All right, everybody, welcome in. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinner with you here on the release date of today's podcast, which is Thursday, December 8th. It's still early in the month of December, but we're already two games into Horizon League play, and the opening weekend of league play definitely did not disappoint. First of all, it tipped off in historic fashion. Right off the bat, we got to witness Detroit Mercy star Antoine Davis become the Horizon League's new all-time leading scorer. He also moved into 13th place in NCAA history with 2,942 points. Detroit also picked up a huge road win at Purdue-Fort Wayne, which was, of course, the league's preseason favorite, tied with Northern Kentucky coming into the year. Keep an eye on Detroit and keep an eye on Antoine Davis. Uh, That's something we talked about with Jeremy Otto, the uh, voice of, of Detroit Mercy Basketball on last week's Reach the Horizon podcast. They go as Antoine Davis goes, and Detroit made a splash this weekend, as did a couple others, and we'll talk about that coming up here. Uh, in just a few moments. Look, three teams already, two games into the season, a conference uh, portion of the season, I should say, have already started out 2-0. and And look, it's not a surprise as to which uh, of the three that Northern Kentucky is one of the three teams, of course. Uh, you know, you got to you know, be very impressed with the job that Darren Horn just continues to do there. But they had to battle against Youngstown State in overtime to get their first league win of the season. And then they had to hold off a very scrappy Robert Morris squad who punched right state in the mouth last Thursday. So they were feeling themselves. We'll talk about uh, the, the weekend for right state on their opening weekend of conference play. That was a big time surprise as well. One of the other 2-0 and teams, uh, as we kick things off here this season, the Cleveland State Vikings. They're trying to rebuild after Dennis Gates left for Missouri uh, in the SEC. However, got to give a lot of credit to first-year head coach Daniel Robinson. He has the Vikings sitting at 2-0 and in league play as they were able to pick up wins against Oakland and Detroit. While everyone continues to focus on Purdue-Fort Wayne and Northern Kentucky and Wright State and some of your usual suspects, there's a team that's just kind of quietly hanging in the weeds a little bit, and that's Milwaukee. Milwaukee has quietly started the season 7-4, and and most importantly, they have a 2-0 and league record. you got to keep an eye on the Panthers. That's always that team, especially come Horizon League tournament time, that always seems to sneak up on people. But I'm impressed with the Panthers' 7-4 and start. Got to give them a lot of credit, 2-0 and in league play. So those were a couple of the, the positive surprises, if you will, that came out of the opening weekend of Horizon League play. But how about uh, a surprising 0-2 start for a team that was projected to finish in the top half of the league, uh, the Wright State Raiders. Wright State 0-2 uh, in conference play already with a two blowout losses. I mean, they got punched in the mouth by Robert Morris last Thursday. And then Youngstown State and Dwayne Cohill came into the Nutter Center and just absolutely uh, had their way with Wright State. Look, I, I've I watch a lot of Wright State basketball. I live here in Dayton. 
Um, and they have looked fantastic throughout the non-conference. In fact, a year ago at this time, there was a, this this was a team that was not playing very good basketball, and then they would go on to have such a historic finish. You know, getting to the NCAA tournament, winning their first tournament game in program history. Uh, you know, there was just such a positive finish to last season. They picked up where they left off. A couple big wins in the non-con, but then as we start here, conference play in the early going, they just got punched in the mouth. Robert Morris, Youngstown State, give those two programs and teams a lot of credit. Uh, but for a team that we felt like we had a lot of answers for right now, now there seems to be a lot of question marks for head coach Scott Nagy and the Wright State Raiders. It'll be interesting to see how they rebound as they head back into non-con play. Um, they have a couple challenging games coming up. We'll keep an eye on the Raiders as far as where they go moving on from here. A team that I'm real excited about right now and a team that we just got to see up close and personal against Wright State this past weekend Youngstown State. Dwayne Cohill. Um, I just got to witness. Look, we've watched Antoine Davis. We've talked about how dynamic of a score and how elite he is. But I think there is someone that has equally the amount of talent that Antoine Davis does, and that's Dwayne Cohill. I mean, as from from a guard standpoint, or the inability to be able to guard him, I mean, I he, there was no stopping Dwayne Cohill this past weekend. He transferred to Youngstown State uh, last year coming from Dayton, uh, of course. So, you know, he obviously, you know, every time he's in the Nutter Center, he always just has that extra chip on his shoulder. He loves to jaw at the fans. He loves to jaw at the bench of the Raiders, you know, but that's kind of what gets him going. But my favorite thing is about players like that. If you're going to do it, if you're going to jaw, if you're going to smack talk, you got to back it up. Well, I can think of no better way to back up all the smack talk than to drop 43 points, a career high, knocking down 16 of 19 shot attempts and going six of six from behind the three point line. I mean, I have not, I don't remember the last time I witnessed that dominating of a performance when really no one else needed to do anything for, for Youngstown State. They just, especially in the second half, they just kind of, they, you know, they spread the floor. It was just ISO ball. A lot of people don't like that, but I had no problem with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Dwayne Cohill. He was definitely not broke this past weekend. In fact, he averaged 32 points per game for the Penguins in their one-in-one conference weekend. you got to understand, the Wright State NKU weekend in conference play is the toughest in Horizon League play. To have to play Wright State or Northern Kentucky on Thursday and then turn around and face the other team just a couple nights later, that is always the toughest swing in Horizon League play. And to come out 1-1, one and, one, and honestly, they could have come out 2-0 and oh because it took overtime for Northern Kentucky to hold off the Penguins. The 32 points per game was good enough to to get Dwayne Cohill to be named the Horizon League Player of the Week, the Nike Horizon League Player of the Week. So shout out to Dwayne Cohill. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. He's one I'm going to be keeping an eye on. I know we we talk a lot about Antoine Davis, Player of the Year coming in. You know, most likely could potentially win it again this year. But keep in mind, I think Dwayne Cohill put everyone on notice. Yes, he got the Horizon League Player of the Week. But I think this kid's good enough to win Horizon League Player of the Year, especially if we get more performances like that, like what we just witnessed uh, in the dominating performance he had against Wright State this past weekend. So I want to keep it here uh, with Youngstown State because this is a, a team right now that's really fascinating. You know, like I said, I think preseason polls kind of they they condition us to just focus on the teams at the top of the preseason polls coming in, and we kind of forget about the teams in the middle and at the bottom. But then you get. Very, you know, surprised teams like Milwaukee, as we talked about. Cleveland State seems to be doing a lot better off post Dennis Gates than what we had anticipated, right? Uh, and then Wright State, we think we know what to expect with them. They're 0-2. Purdue-Fort Wayne, they dropped their opening Horizon League game against Detroit and Antoine Davis. So bottom line is, is right now we're still trying to figure everything out. And now it seems like there's a refreshing feel to kind of see some of these teams 
be in, you know playing so well right now, Youngstown State being one of them. So today's guest, I'm excited to bring on Mr. Rob Schmidt. Rob Schmidt is the longtime play-by-play voice of the Youngstown State Penguins. He, of course, has witnessed a lot of ups and a lot of downs with the program. But right now, Penguins head coach Jared Calhoun and star player Dwayne Cohill, they have Mr. Schmidt feeling pretty excited about the potential of this group. Here's my conversation with Rob Schmidt, the play-by-play voice of the Penguins on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. All right, Rob, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you uh, taking time and hanging out with us here today on Reach the Horizon, uh, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Rob Schmidt's hanging out with us, uh, the the voice of Youngstown State men's basketball. Uh, And, Rob, you and I were talking, kind of doing our our pre-recording little meeting, if you will. But, uh, you know, you've been involved. You've been calling games for Youngstown for quite some time. This is my this is my twenty first year of being with the YSU men's basketball program. I think uh, Chris Collins at Wright State, I think, has me in years. Twenty five. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I know when I first met Chris, you know, he, he had made the, the he kind of off the cuff made the comment that he was the dean of Horizon League announcers because of his tenure. And you know, I I think he does a phenomenal job, and I, and I'm I'm blessed to have gotten an opportunity to talk to him and work with him. Um, but yeah, I've been doing this for twenty one years. I, I started right at the end of John Robick's tenure. And then, you know, it was through the Jerry Slocum era and now into Jared Calhoun. And, you know, it's it's been a pleasure of mine to have this opportunity to continue to work with the YSU men and having traveled the country and, you know, done games in the Virgin Islands and in the Bahamas. So it, it's really been a dream come true. And, you know, this season um, so far for the men has been pretty much what we had hoped. Um, you know, I think they hit a home run in the portal, as Coach Calhoun tells a lot of people, and was pretty well documented how well they did in the portal, attracting four top-notch mid-major players. And I think those guys have played to their level of expectation. Um, I think they're just now, however, learning how to play with one another in that scheme that Coach Calhoun wants. And I think he kind of saw that level of comfort really come to fruition in the game Sunday at Wright State because last year, Dwayne Cohill, you know, at the end of the year kind of carried this squad. He was their 1A. He was their main choice. And I think it took him a few games to kind of figure out who can do what on the floor, who can still get their points. And and I think now they've all kind of fallen into a pattern where they know that they can still each excel, um, but do it in the framework of a team. And and I think that was that was exciting to see Sunday. Yeah, you know, let's talk about obviously this team uh, because Youngstown State. Uh, I mean, well, first before we get to this this team, real quick, you, you talked about how they're just starting to gel. They're just starting to kind of get to you know know how to play together. Um, the one plus, uh, you know, we're uh, here in Dayton, uh, my radio station. We're a Ohio State Buckeye affiliate, and I was listening to the coaches show the other night for Chris Holtman for Ohio State. And he was talking about some of the downfalls to, you know, the, you know, the increase in conference games and everything that they do in the Big Ten and similar here to the horizon is that you have to play conference games a lot earlier on in the in the non-con. Uh, the non-con traditionally is your November, December to build up, to prepare yourself, uh, to learn how to play together, play against good competition and prepare yourself for January conference play or late December conference play. Now, all of a sudden, you're being thrown out into the fire. And, of course, for Youngstown State, one of the harder road trips in the Horizon League is that Wright State to Northern Kentucky weekend. And so you're, you know, 
Youngstown State, they're being forced to, to fast forward, to be prepared a lot sooner for conference play than others. To come out one and one is a huge deal. Just your overall takeaway of how they've evolved one month in. Again, preseason polls had them at about five coming into the season. Uh, you know, familiar, some familiar faces, Dwayne Cohill, of course, uh, a big deal. We saw that this past weekend, but just your overall takeaway of how this team has adapted in the non-conference as we currently sit here right now and already one and one in conference play. Well, I think, you know, Coach Calhoun did a good job this year of, of scheduling some opponents to prepare for that first weekend of Horizon League play. It was a good test at Notre Dame. I think, you know, I think everybody went into that game feeling they had a chance to beat the Irish. I was not surprised that that game was, you know, a, a margin of difference of about single figures. Um, I think the trip to Annapolis, uh, Navy was very similar to Notre Dame in how they execute, how they run their offense, how well they shoot the ball. I think those were two good tests. Um, you know, and, and you saw when the first net came out that we were ranked 87th, and that's because of a couple of road wins. They won at Western Illinois. They won at Canisius. Maybe not great programs right now, uh, but still wins on the road against mid-major. So I think being on the road early in the year, uh, help prepare them for that first weekend run at Northern Kentucky and at Wright State. Um, but the thing is, the one thing is, is I've always remarked to people, I, I like the way Coach Calhoun adjusts his team based on who he has and who he faces. And Darren Horn obviously does a great job at Northern Kentucky. And regardless of who he has, his defense will always give his team a chance to win. And and that was a difficult test for our guys on Thursday. Um, and, and had a chance, you know, say what you want, could have, should have, whatever the case is, had a chance to win that game in the opener on Thursday at Northern Kentucky. And I think he understands how to go at Coach Horn's defense. And then he understood Wright State's defense. And, you know, I think you know, they didn't spread the floor very well on Thursday, did a much better job on Sunday of kind of spreading the floor. But, I, I, you know, my, my thing on the, that first game at Northern Kentucky, I got a sense just sitting there during the game, the, the electricity, the intensity was all ramped up. It was a different feel on the floor because that's, that's a great atmosphere there at Truist Arena in Highland Heights. And I got a feeling, even though it was the first game for the league, this could have been a preview of the championship game. Now, obviously, I'm hoping our guys get there. But I got that feeling that it was just that type of intensity, albeit the very first league game that early in December. And, and you got the sense going into Wright State that it was a must win, albeit the second game of the league, but must win because both teams had lost their opener. And I, that's what I like. And I think I think both teams, or at least all three teams, I think they all kind of embrace that early electricity in league play. Um, I think the difficult thing is going to be to step out of league play and not lose any of that enthusiasm. Uh, and with us here, I'm Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Rob Schmidt hanging out with us here today, uh, voice of Youngstown State men's basketball. i um, been doing this quite some time, so you've seen a lot of ups and downs with the program. This team is interesting, as I mentioned, number five coming in with the preseason poll, but I think what is going to close the gap between them and the teams at the top? They are a team at the top, uh, you know, in my eyes, just from what we've already seen in the league in the opening weeks. Um, I think it's Dwayne Cohill. He was just named Horizon League 
uh, player of the week after his 43 point. I mean, for one, forget the right state performance. He had a great performance against NKU on the road and then followed it up with a 43 point performance uh, at the Nutter Center. Of course, he went 16 of 19. It was just a beyond efficient night. It was one of the most uh, impressive performances individually that I've seen um, in quite some time. It was just pure domination. 11 11 in the second half, uh, six for six from behind the three point line, only missed three shots all evening. I mean, he just flipped a switch against Wright State. Um, he's, I think he closes the gap between wh- what teams we view at the top and where they could potentially end up. You've watched the development of Dwayne Cohill since he arrived in the transfer portal to Youngstown State, obviously a Cleveland native. Wh- what kind of talent, I mean, just talk about the talent that he is and just how far, I mean, could he be a player of the year candidate? And I think he already is at this point, but can he sustain this? Is what we've seen in the first couple of games, is this who he is? And uh, just how talented is this kid? The sky's the limit for Dwayne. I know you hear that a lot. You know, this is a kid who was coming off a torn ACL at Dayton. Uh, Coach Calhoun had a relationship with him. And and I remember when when Coach had gotten him to commit to come to YSU, he goes, this is a guy you can pencil in. This is his first year coming right off the ACL at 10 points a game. So to say that he has exceeded some expectations is an understatement. Uh, You know, he had a game last year against UIC where he poured in 31. So he has that ability to take over a game and he showed it at the end of last season. And, and that's why I mentioned earlier, when you brought in an Adrian Nelson from Northern Kentucky, uh, a Malik Green from Canisius, those two post players who are going to average, you know, at least double figures, if not a double-double. Um, and, and with their presence down low, Dwayne had to learn how to share the ball. And I think he's done a phenomenal job, not just scoring this year, but as I always do the prep work for each game, his assist numbers to me have been impressive. Now, they took a bit of a dip after Sunday's game because he was so efficient, as you had mentioned, there was no reason for him really to try to pass. The, the driving lanes were there for him. So his assists now are right around four a game, but I think that goes unnoticed. Um, he's, he's solid defensively. He anticipates the ball very well. Defensively, leads the team in steals right now. That's what leads to a lot of his breakouts. That's what ended the game against Wright State on Sunday. He's the guy that, you know, they wanted to put the ball in his hands in that game at Northern Kentucky, both at the end of regulation and definitely at the end of first at the first overtime. So what you see out of Dwayne is only going to get better as he gets more confidence. Um, he's a guy that likes to play in the spotlight. So he doesn't shy away from those big moments. But this is a guy that Coach Calhoun knew the caliber. And he understood his role when he was at Dayton. That was a good team he was on even though he didn't get a chance to play. You'd seen those guys, Justin. You knew that was a good team he had. They were top five at Dayton that year that he played. So he understood how to fit in with a group of guys and and how to kind of work his game around that. But he sure is fun to watch, and and he sure can take over a game. And I've seen a lot of those guys in my time here at YSU that can do that, a Kendrick Perry. You mentioned Darius Quisenberry. Guys that can take over the game like that, he's one of those guys here at YSU. You know, uh, I, I I go to every Wright State game, of course, the one on Sunday is the one game I was not at. And uh, just watching from afar, you could tell he had that uh, the fa- he had the Wright State fans uh, pretty agitated or they had him agitated. I, I don't know. But if that's him agitated, I think you and Youngstown State are hoping he's agitated a lot when he's on the road. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but he had that fan base. You know, he was under their skin. I mean, he was very animated out on the floor. He was very animated making his way to the sidelines. Uh, you could tell he fed off of that, and he silenced that crowd. Just take us to the Nutter Center this past Sunday. Again, the performance we know was great, but 
that was just a, a different atmosphere. Just watching him every time the crowd would raise their intensity, he would silence it. That's that you know that's that uh, killer instinct stuff that you don't see too many times from players, and that's really what I was most impressed with. The the louder they got, the better he played. That's how you know you have a star player in your hands. Dwayne Cohill was fun to watch on Sunday. Yeah, you know the funny thing, Justin, and and, and during the broadcast. You know, obviously his numbers are starting to mount, you know, and his numbers are going from 25 to 30 to 35 and eventually 43. But as you had mentioned, it was so efficient and he was getting to the basket with such regularity that they were lay-ins. So, you know, he's six of six from beyond the arc for the game and he had a couple of contested threes that I, I a couple of them really amazed me that they went in. I didn't realize till after the game that he was 11 of 11 from the field in the second half because it all came in the flow of the offense. He didn't try to force a lot of stuff. So you're not seeing a lot of shots that he'd fall out of bounds and get animated. It was all off the flow of the offense. So I thought that's where, to me, it was the most impressive thing because he had the feeling that he could score at will, but it wasn't anything like a contested 25-footer from the logo or falling out of bounds. And It was all within you know, the nature of the game. And, you know, Wright State, you know, those fans are, are very, very good. They obviously average the most per game attendance in the league annually. It's a great, as you know, it's a great basketball area, including UD. And and those fans aren't used to YSU kind of coming in there and controlling a game. We've only won five times at the Nutter um, and probably even before the Nutter. So, I mean, we're just five and 29 historically at Wright State. And, and the previous wins, I think our previous Largest margin of victory might have been six points. So, you know, normally, you know, if we can get a win at right, it's usually down to the final wire like it was in 2021. So for our guys to actually have an opportunity to enjoy that win late in the game, um, you know, I, I think that might have played into everything. So what's coming up for Youngstown now? And again, you know, there's if you're looking at the schedule coming in, you're probably thinking, man, you have to go to Wright State and NKU early December. Like I said earlier, you usually get two months of non-con to really build up and prepare for conference play. Uh, but uh, you come out of that at one and one. Uh, coming up in the conference, a couple more non-con games. Uh, with, then you got Cleveland State and Purdue Fort Wayne. Purdue Fort Wayne, obviously, uh, you know one of the newest members of the Horizon League, and, the, and John Kaufman and and his staff in that program have done an amazing job transitioning into the league. Uh, Coach of the year last year, John Kaufman, Purdue Fort Wayne tied with NKU as the number one team in preseason. Um, but again, right right out into the fire, you got you know, Indy, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne coming up right off the end. Cleveland State's a, a very solid start too at six and three, similar to Youngstown. Very not tough start to not uh, to conference play, but a very challenging start to conference play. You came out one and one already. Another tough one coming up here in a few weeks. No, there's no doubt, Justin. And and when you look at the preseason rankings, you know I, I obviously thought you know we would be four or fifth. I think I voted as fourth in the preseason poll. I think Northern Kentucky, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Wright State uh, were the top three teams. And when I saw what Wright was doing early in the year, beating Louisville, albeit, you know, they may not have their best team right now. Um, the game against Davidson, they probably should have won. I thought going into the weekend, I thought Wright State up until that Robert Morris game was the best team in the league. Um, I know that the starting five for Purdue Fort Wayne's as good as any five in this league. Um, you know, that the Chong Kui point guard makes mm -hmm. a difference for that team. Um, you know, Godfrey can take over a game much like Cohill can. He can take over like a Marquez Warwick can. Those guys can take over games. Chong Kui makes a difference for Fort Wayne because he gets them into their offense 
And then if you forget about him, when he dribbles all over the floor through traffic, he can score at will. So they're, they're a very good team. And you're, and you're right. Coach Kaufman's done a great job um, of, of coaching that program and getting them where they are. And, you know, Cleveland State, give them credit. I, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed at how well they've done after an 0-3 start. Um, they've opened up a lot of eyes, not just with winning their first two league games, but by the margin of victory. Um, you know, those games, neither one uh, were close. And, and, and I don't know how they're doing it. God bless them. I mean, I'll find out the end of December, um, but it sure makes for a much better game uh, come December 29th and December 31st. Talked about uh, John Kaufman, the head coach of Purdue Fort Wayne. Great coach. Uh, obviously, he's been with that program for quite some time. So let's uh, let, let's close out our conversation today with the head coach uh, of the Penguins, of course, and Jared Calhoun, who, of course, I believe is now in his uh, sixth season uh, with with the Penguins. And you know, he I, I think he's done a fantastic job. I've had, you know talked to him a few times. I'm a big fan of his. And what I like about the job him and Youngstown State do right now is they're just kind of hanging out there, hiding in the weeds a little bit. Everyone's talking about NKU and Wright State and Purdue Fort Wayne. And here's Youngstown State just quietly doing what they do. And a lot of that is because the personality of their head coach and Jared Calhoun. Talk about the job that he has done. Again, you've been calling these games for a long time. You've watched him kind of come into his own, replacing a legendary coach and Coach Slocum, of course. That's very difficult to do. He's kind of created his own identity with this program and is doing a very good job. Just your takeaways on the job that Coach Calhoun has done here at Youngstown State. He has he's grown immensely. Um, you know, he comes with good tutelage. You know, he learned under Bob Huggins. Um, he was with him at Cincinnati and at West Virginia. Um, but he is a, a smart individual. He keeps track of a lot of different things, buys into the analytics. You know, that's sometimes, you know a negative thought, but he buys into the analytics and it's really helped him kind of mold this team and get him into the right places. So I think he's a very smart individual. I think he's, he's continued to get bread. I don't think this is his last stop. I know he likes Youngstown. Uh, I, I know his wife enjoys this area. I'm happy that he, he, he stays with us. I, I think we're, we're eventually going to get to that, of uh, that goal of getting you a conference championship, whether it's this year but I think in the near future, I think these fans in Youngstown who have, you know, said, I want to see it just once before I die. I think <laughs> it's not to coin a phrase. I think it's on the horizon. I think, you know, we're headed in the right direction and, and it's not too far off. And he's done such a good job of adjusting his coaching philosophy um, to meet who he has on the floor. And, you know, to me, and, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I saw two teams over the weekend, adjust their personnel because of what we now have on the floor. I thought, you know, Wright State may have stumbled into a seven-footer in Zorgful because he had to play since Brandon was in foul trouble, eventually fouled out. They needed some size against our front line of Malik Green and, and Adrian Nelson. So I think, you know, Darren Horn realized, you know, he had to change a little bit of his personnel. And then you saw Scott Nagy actually start A.J. Braun and, and Brandon Knoll together and bring Drake, Trey Calvin off the bench to kind of match our front line. So to me, whether that's right or wrong, and maybe the coaches don't agree with that comment, but I, you know, we're at the point now where coach has recruited the right amount of people, the right type of people that now you have to alter kind of what you do as opposed to what we've always had to do. You know, we have to alter our, our game plan to meet what Cleveland State does with their pressure defense or what Oakland does, you know, with their ability to, to shoot the ball and, and, you know, Kellen Moore's ability to drive. So I think he's done a phenomenal job of adjusting his coaching philosophy. He gets better every year. 
and he, he, you know, he runs a lot of sets now. I don't know that he did that early in his career. And defensively, we continue to get better. And and he's not afraid to let his coaches, his assistants, and this is always key to me. He's not afraid to let his assistants, whether they've been with him for five years or one year, to interject their opinion and to listen and let them have a say-so in, in what goes on with this team. And I think that's really, really important. All right. Well, great stuff. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. And we thought this was a great week uh, to touch base with what's happening with the Youngstown State Penguins. Dwayne Cohill named the Horizon League Player of the Week after the two great performances he had in the Penguins. One and one weekend, losing a close one in overtime, of course, to NKU. Saw Cohill drop 20-plus points in that one. And then that 43-point dominating performance against the Raiders and that big-time win in Dayton this past Sunday. Rob Schmidt, uh, the play-by-play announcer for, of course, Youngstown State, our guest on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon. Rob, uh, man, you're knowledgeable. You're fun to talk to. This was a, a great conversation. I appreciate your time today. And uh, I know we'll be talking soon. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today no my pleasure i always listen i enjoy your podcast i like learning more about the rest of the league and you know hearing from the other guys in the league and and the friendships that you develop and i hope we can do this again i really appreciate the opportunity justin and thank you for all that you do with covering the horizon league